Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the 537th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you an American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. You get your daily reading from me and other writers now over at the Red Bull News Network. But don't worry, once again, the American Soccer Show, this, the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, has always been dedicated to the game in the United States domestically and, of course, our players who are on their careers playing abroad. Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. You have a question for me? I'll try to answer to my abilities. Now, in this intro monologue, I'm going to go and do something that normally I would never do. I've done it maybe once or twice because I'm forced to discuss these situations. And yes... I am talking about what's been going on with Russia going into Ukraine and just trying to overtake that country for no reason. To bring back a former member of the Soviet Union to rejoin Russia by force in some ways. Now, obviously, that Soviet Union will never come back. We all know this. But still, though, the way that Putin has been doing it has been an absolute disgrace. And it's really a shame. It's really a shame to see what Vladimir Putin has done. And all I can say is, Russia right now is paying for it very badly when it comes to international soccer or sporting events. And I'm glad to see everyone coming together go out and support Russia, excuse me, not Russia, to support Ukraine because the truth of the matter is this. Ukrainians did not want this. Nobody on this world wanted this. And the the best thing about this whole situation is that the Russian people, the Russian people did not want this. It is very sad and very upsetting seeing peace all over this globe being disturbed and being disrupted by a man, this particular man, who is basically trying to have a personal preference of how he is going 
to run those nations that were once a part of the Soviet Union and trying to do something with it. And, you know, to see FIFA and UEFA kicking Russia out of the World Cup European playoffs, and you can look that up on World Soccer Talk, uh, as well as, you know, their website, worldsoccertalk.com, or go to World Soccer Talk on their Twitter page to read the article from the AFP. To see FIFA and UEFA with a bold move to kick out Russia from the World Cup playoff and the Olympic or the International Olympic Committee to give a ban to Russian athletes and the Russian Olympic Federation whether it's going to come in the next two years for the summer games or the next four years in the winter games. It takes courage, courage to do something like this. Now, I don't know if the International Ice Hockey Federation, if they do come back this summer, as I understood the news, that they would like to, because they suspended the World Junior Championships this past uh, December, January, that they want to bring it back over the summer. The tournament, of course, is in Canada this year. and But I don't know if these Russian children, these Russian hockey youth stars, are going to get kicked out because of what Putin has done. Maybe, hopefully, for these players that this war is over very quickly or Putin's war is over very quickly and that these kids will be able to participate. These players, football players, hockey players, Olympic athletes are being forced to suffer because of Putin's decision to invade Ukraine is absolutely saddening for them. And I feel bad for them, for what Putin has done to start this, this, this crazy, stupid invasion. And, of course, we all know about certain hockey stars in the National Hockey League. We all know about Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers, as well as Igor Shosturkin. I mean, we also have, of course, the greatest hockey uh, player that Russia has known in this day and age, Alexander Ovechkin. Ovechkin admitted to being a Putin supporter, but does not agree with what is going on here. He has friends in Russia. He has friends in Ukraine. And he would love for this war to be over with as soon as possible. Is it really a war or is it really an invasion? I think it's more of an invasion than a war. But I also want to say this. I watched on social media, mostly on Twitter, line after line after line 
bakeries and, and restaurants owned by Ukraine citizens who have moved to this country or are Ukrainian descent bakeries, in, especially one in San Antonio and where in San Antonio, in New York City, Ukraine restaurant, lines of people not only showing their support for the Ukrainian people, but to purchase a meal and to purchase baked goods, get a coffee. And the Ukrainian owners donating that money to the Ukrainian people who are right now fighting for their nation. This is, of course, more than just a football problem. It is a serious problem that we are all facing right now. We don't see these partners of Russia, like China, showing or calling for Putin to end this. It's not going to happen. It is just a very, very sad feeling. One day, this could escalate into World War III, and no one wants that. The Russian people don't want that. And so, being from New York City myself, the melting pot capital of the world... And some of you will probably say it's Los Angeles, it's Miami, it's Dallas, you know, it could be anywhere else. But when they say that the United Nations is on 42nd Street on the east side of Manhattan, that is incorrect. New York City is the United Nations. We have so many nationalities here in this five-borough setup. Ukraines, the Ukrainians, the, the Russians, those that come from the continent of Africa, the Vietnamese, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, the Mongolians, the Brazilians, the Argentines, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Sweden, fish and chip shops in New, in New York City. I mean, we got English-style pubs, Irish-style pubs all over Manhattan, you name it. There's like probably almost a block per pub. We are all a melting pot here in New York City. And all I'm saying is, if all of us can live together in this country, no matter what our religion is and no matter where we come from, why can't we continue to have that in those nations of where our ancestors and our families were born in? It is just harmful and hurtful to see good people being attacked for no reason. There is a reason for, from Putin, but the truth is, was this really necessary? 
And I think the clear-cut answer is no. The clear-cut answer is no. And all we need to do right now, right now, what we need to do is to just go and support Ukrainians, but we should not be attacking those who are of Russian descent. Once again, this is not what they want. The Russian people do not want this. They've never wanted it. Putin does not speak for them, speaking for himself right now. And that means Putin needs to listen to his people. And even though there are those that are probably supporting him, I don't believe they support this idea of what he's trying to do and take over Ukraine. It's just amazing what we're watching. It's amazing what we have seen. And the only thing we can do right now is just show support for those who are in basically being harassed and of course support those who do, who do not support Putin during this terrible invasion that he has decided to throw at those people and to agitate the world. That's all we can do. That's all I can say. And I really do hope that this thing ends as quickly as possible. Someone gets into his head and says, let's end this right now and let's just get back to peace because that is what we all need. All right, ladies and gentlemen, getting ready for tonight's show. We've got a great guest for you tonight. Of course, after that, uh, we're going to talk about Jesse Marsh, who just got hired by Leeds United to take over for Marcelo Bielsa. But joining me right now, of course, he is the host of the Cincinnati Soccer Talk podcast. And that is my good friend, Boston Brazel. Boston, how are you and what's going on? We've got to stop meeting under these conditions, sir. excuse me yep crazy conditions all the way across russia that's affecting everybody in the world and hopefully that whole situation can be over with so i'm not worried about this first match of the season for cincinnati obviously it's it's a brand new year hopefully there'll be some positives but the truth of the matter is this is that with your brand-new general manager coming in or sporting director, whoever you want to give the title to, to Chris Albright, how good do you feel about him taking over and coming over from the Philadelphia Union to make right now FC Cincinnati a club of his own? Uh, I'm wondering if your listeners um, have it. Think I have any credibility left? Because every year I come on here and I tell you that things are going to be better than they were the past year. Because how can they possibly be any worse? And every year I fail your listeners. So, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up the tradition. I'm gonna say that the future under Chris Albright looks a little bit better than it looked under Yapstop. 
And um, how much is a little? Well, it's it's looking like a real little amount. Now, are we talking about the the, the small crumb that's left over from the pastry shop that you just had, like from the crumb cake? Are we talking about <laughs> maybe it's an eighth of an inch bigger? I I think it's going to start out looking like nothing, and then hopefully uh, there's a, a little bit semblance of a plan and a team here going forward as the season evolves. They uh, they played not so great in Austin. For those who haven't uh, seen the scoreline yet, it was a 5 to nothing drop in Austin. However, they did have decent uh, shots on goal, XG, all that stuff if you want to, um, if you're a big stat guy and you're into those things. So the chances were there compared to last year and then some of those matches and they didn't have Brenner and they didn't have um, their winger Argentinian uh, Barial. So there were issues. They're still definitely in preseason mode. Uh, I think it'll be a few weeks before FC Cincinnati really gets to their true form, whatever that may be. I mean, look, I understand you feel bad. I understand that you feel disgusted that they got destroyed 5-0 by Austin FC, of course, their second season in the league. But, I mean, like you said, you're still waiting for a certain player to come by. Obviously, the the immigration department sadly takes their time. It doesn't happen as quickly as it does in (laughs) Europe when you're bringing over a hot transfer. Uh, to join your side, but you know, unfortunately, this is uh, the situation that's uh, going to be plaguing every MLS side. I mean, I know the Red Bulls don't have yep. their de- de- uh, designated player midfield Brazilian right now, but still, mm-hmm. though, you know, he'll he's on, he's here. He's just got to wait for all the paperwork to get filed and uh, get the okay, and hopefully uh, things can start turning around. Yeah, I mean, you can. Call it season today. Like to see it. It's a team that still has a lot of Gerard and I camp players. It's going to take some time. There's enough to work with here, though. And uh, and the new the new number six um, just moved in from DC, and so that was his first game. Um, he, he's barely. He's only practiced the squad three days. So there's a lot to. There's a lot of butts. Yeah, I still don't know if there's enough butts to justify losing five to nothing. Um. In Major League Soccer, that's a pretty well, – in any, in any league, that's a pretty big gap. So, well, they try it again here at home this weekend. I think that's versus Orlando. So we will see if they can pick it back up. Now, let me ask you this. Have you sicked the Weigels on them? Because <laughs> I know I they think, got a bad bite when they're becoming like dogs. I think, I think uh, the fans are uh, – the fans came out in full force. Uh, whatever forgiveness used to exist and then call them. I mean, if you saw a fan base freaking out after one game, most logical people would say calm down. However, Cincinnati fans have already played this three years in a row. So yeah. they freaked out after one game rightfully because it's, they've, they, they, they waited for three years. So they're just waiting for, you know, what the solution is supposed to be. And so, I think it's a little bit of patience required on Cincinnati fans. Lucho Acosta came out on social media and completely apologized for the performance of the team. He said he's the captain. He took it, put it on his shoulders. I guess he spoke to the team about it. So I think I don't think the club's given up on themselves yet, which is good. That's a good thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't 
I mean, it's only one game. We can't can't all of a sudden give up after one game. I know it's been a bad couple of years, but still, though, one game to start a season does not mean your season is over. So we'll see what they do down the road. Now, I have to ask you, and I don't think I've ever asked you this yet, because the last time I remember FC Cincinnati was under Jeff Bearding's control, even though we all know who yeah. the owner is, Mr. Littner. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is Mr. Bearding still with the club in a certain capacity, or has he stepped down completely? He is with the club in a runs everything but the team capacity, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, FC Cincinnati has a lot of other stuff going on. They um, own a lot of property. They're basically launching a uh, retail area probably pretty soon around the stadium. Um, they've got – there's talk about another training facility launching a women's team. Um they think they are, have already outgrown Mercy Health training facility, which is a beautiful new one they built in Milford. So I mm-hmm. think you're, I think you're going to see a lot of ambition from this club. They're not afraid to throw money around, especially on projects um, that are not on the field. So you're going to see, and Birding's really good at that. So you're going to see a lot of development type of things come from FC Cincinnati in the next five years. Uh, they'll grow the academy up further. They'll grow. Um, possibly even uh, shopping district or whatever you want to call it. So Jeff's really leading a lot of those type of initiatives. And they have turned the soccer operations over to Albright, and they're bringing in a new boss for Albright that kind of will take birding spot. Okay. And and listen, I think that's a good thing because, look, I, I understand Jeff Bearding wants to, you know, run everything. He wanted to – you know, lead Cincinnati into whether it be 2.0, 3.0 of MLS or however you want to call it. I understand the passion he has for the club. And, you know, when you're moving up from USL to MLS, there are some clubs and there are some managers who have had success in the league below. Sometimes it just doesn't come through to fruition when you reach the top level. And, as much as bearding, I, I will give him credit for uh, the passion for the sport and the passion for the club. It just wasn't working out, and he had to pull back at least that position and let somebody who has had some success, like Albright had with the Philadelphia Union, to move forward and try and build the club the proper way. Like you said, it's only one game. But you know what? Albright knows that one game does not mean things have changed. It's going to take right, more right. than just a game to get things changed up. Sure. You can already see their, their Pat uh, Noonan and Chris Albright's hand on the club. They've gone younger. Um, that whole Philly system takes time to build, though. So mm-hmm. fans are going to have to be patient. If that's the way we're going, um, then we can't keep ousting managers and general managers. We've, we've been through seven. If you count our interns, we've had seven coaches in, in four years. So – you can't just change the plan every time something goes bad. That's probably adding to the problem now. So I really think at this point we just need to sit tight for years and let something develop because we've never done that in our existence. I agree. And patience is a virtue, as they say. And patience has to be uh, put into this situation a lot longer and a lot better. Yeah, I mean, look, we all want our clubs to be successful. We all want to see our clubs 
get on runs, get a trophy at the end of the season, get a trophy at the end of the Open Cup. But for everything to work properly, there has to be some form of a plan. And at the same time, you cannot abandon a plan and try a new one because you feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. It might be painful, but let's just sit tight. You're from Cincinnati listening, and uh, we'll try to figure this thing out as we go. But no more heads rolling. So, if you don't mind, what was the feeling like this year with your Bengals? (laughs) Dare I even ask you about your Bengals? (laughs) No, I think think for a lot of teams, losing a Super Bowl would be an awful, awful thing. But for uh, Bengal fans, getting there. For the first time in 35 years, especially when we were not even told this was a Super Bowl year. We were told this was Burrow's comeback, rebuilding year, and it was going to take some time for him to get on the same page as Chase and all that. That was a surprise. That was a surprise for the city. All of a sudden, we were in the AFC Championship, and uh, people were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think you you don't see a lot of disappointment. You still see people in town buying uh, Super Bowl shirts. Um, like just because they were there, and I think that they they have a lot of expectations now. So if the Bengals were to make it in the next five years again and dropped it, then I think you would see a lot more disappointment. But right now, it's really it's still just one big party. Yep, that's good. That's good. And then the Reds will not be playing this year. <laughs> no, no. Uh, what's going on with that? I I I just. Once I heard it was not starting, I kind of tuned out. Yep. Yep. Blame the commissioner. That's all you can do. Uh, <laughs> just to get back to FC Cincinnati uh, situations, um, will FC Cincinnati, have they already uh, signed up for a MLS Pro Next Club starting this season or next season? It's this year. This year? Good. 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 It's going to make it by the skin of its teeth. Good. And uh, will there be uh, – now, what's the idea, you know, fan-wise? Are, are fans going to be allowed to come watch these games, or is this going to be these games either before or after MLS games are being played? How do they do this? No, they're opening it up. So what they've done is something kind of cool. I don't think it's their permanent plan yet, but mm-hmm. it is, uh, in my opinion, what they're what they're going to try some stuff. So they're playing most of the games five or six um, at Northern Kentucky University, which is just across the river okay. in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so they have a really nice soccer stadium. It's, it's, they have a better soccer facility than the University of Cincinnati or Xavier, which are both in, in, in town and a lot bigger. Um, but NKU had a, the, the story is they had a bunch of money left over from building a basketball center. Like they got overfunded somehow, and they just decided, well, let's just build a really cool soccer facility next door. So that's what they There did. you go. That's good to hear. Um, so FCC two will play there, and then they will play um, a game or two at the training facility, which is beautiful, and they'll bring in some stands for that. And mm-hmm. then they will play one match at TQL Stadium, probably attached to a um, FC Cincinnati match, but I can't confirm that. That's fine. That's okay. When they, when you do, you let us know. So, what's it like being the host? Of the Cincinnati Soccer Talk podcast. Which week? This week? Uh oh. 
Um, Any week you want. I thought you were running the whole thing. <laughs> I sure do, but uh, it's uh, yeah, Sue's, Sue's departed, and so I took up the mantle um, by request. And so we've, we're trying to just keep our um, website and podcast running. It's free to all fans, and um, we I think we are the oldest. Yeah, we definitely are the oldest um, lasting show and website. And we probably have the biggest archive of photos and news articles since the beginning. So we're trying to save all that and keep it. And luckily, this year, a whole new slew of volunteers have joined us. And so we will keep cranking this stuff out. There you go. That's great to hear. And, you know, like I always tell everybody, anytime anyone wants uh, to know what's going on with soccer in Cincinnati or with FC, FC Cincy, Always go to you guys. I will always divert everyone to you to get your opinions and all that fun stuff because, uh, like I said, you guys are the best. I would rather go to you than somebody else. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. We just do what we can. Um, we hope it's consistent. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. All right, Boston. Well, listen, thanks a lot for being on the show today. And I'll talk to you again soon. You have a good night, and good luck with the rest of the season, okay? All right. Thanks for having me, as always. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. See you. All right. Bye-bye. See you. Boston Brazel, host of the Cincinnati Cincy Soccer Talk podcast, talking about FC Cincinnati. It's been a bumpy ride for them in MLS since they came up from USL USL Championship, USL period. But – Hopefully we'll see them getting up there and uh, finding a way to uh, get some form of success. Of course, we can't forget that big run that they had back in 2018 in the – 2017, excuse me, U.S. Open Cup. Sadly for them, lost to the New York Red Bulls in extra time over at Nippert Stadium on the campus of University of Cincinnati uh, in the semifinals after taking a 2-0 lead in the middle of the second half. And then, of course, Gonzalo Verón made it 2-1. Bradley Wright Phillips with a brace to make it 2-2 first in regulation time and then got the second goal in extra time to get the victory and move on to the U.S. Open Cup final where, of course, the New York Red Bulls lost by a final of two goals to one at Sporting Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park. And now, development that has officially been, um, that came out this afternoon, probably yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon, uh, today, uh, this, af- this past afternoon, uh, early this morning on the East Coast, Leeds United, of course, everyone knew they sacked Marcelo Bielsa as Leeds United was falling down the Premier League table and are very close to becoming a part of the relegation zone with 12 matches left. Bielsa was the man that took Leeds United two years ago, brought them out of the depths of the championship, got them promoted to the Premier League, And then, of course, the results not going their way within the last couple of matches, hovering near the relegation zone. And unfortunately for Marcelo Bielsa, who 
you know, I respect the man tremendously as a football manager. Thought that what he did was spectacular for that club that has been mired in such a slump, not able to return to the Premier League until last season. And now, unfortunately for him, gets sacked. But Jesse Marsh comes in, and Jesse Marsh, who basically has the same ideas as Bielsa, obviously likes to switch things up a little bit when it comes to um, the way of pressing and attacking and going for goals and everything else that he's done as a, as a manager, of course, his time with Montreal Impact, New York Red Bulls, and then going over to Red Bull Leipzig as a uh, assistant coach under Ralph Ragnick, then becoming head coach at Red Bull Salzburg in Austria, then going back to Red Bull Leipzig after Nagelsmann took the job with Bayern Munich. And just unfortunately, things were not working well at Leipzig. And then, of course, they both, Red Bull Leipzig and Jesse Marsh parted ways. And now Jesse Marsh is getting a second chance, and he will be the second manager from the United States to get a shot at the best league in the world, or at least to be a manager in England. No matter what happened with Bob Bradley when he was at Swansea in Wales, who are part of the Premier League, of course, two or three uh, Welsh clubs are a part of the Premier League in England. Swansea at that time was not a club that was suited nor fitted for the genius of Bob Bradley. Do I think Jesse Marsh has tons of work to do with Leeds United right now? Yes. Once again, we as supporters of this game here in the United States, it's not just the players that has to do well in Europe. It's also our managers and our coaching staff people that also needs to prove themselves that they can manage the best league in the world, and that is the, 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 the Premier League of England. This is, without a doubt, the most killer league in the world. The most killer league in the world when it comes to reputation, management, ownership, support, play, you name it, you name it, they got it. If you think the NFL and the NBA and the NHL is brutal when it comes to rumors during the offseason and during the season, this 
Premier League is relentless and the media will look for anything and everything to open a panel, get in, and either hunt something down or they'll make up something to make it sound like, oh, yeah, he's in trouble. Jesse Marsh right now is in the fire. No doubt about it. And it's a double whammy. Not just the press, the English press or the Leeds press. That's going to find a way to take him out. This is also the supporters that want results right now. Twelve matches remaining. Three points a match. It's 36 points. Is it going to be enough to keep leads above the relegation zone? This is a moment where Jesse's going to have to make his money. And let me just say this. As an American... I'm happy for him. He's getting a second chance managing in Europe. He's getting a second chance to go out and perform. And this time, it's not going to be a clean slate. This is going to be, can I save the club from relegation? It all depends. It all depends on what happens and how he's going to get the job done. And he needs to get the job done. Do I believe in Jesse Marsh? Yes, I believe in Jesse Marsh. And you can say to me, well, listen, you know, MLS is one thing, doing it in Europe is another. But he has. He's done it with Salzburg in Austria. No, he had a very, very terrible hole in the road over in Leipzig because the players could not do it anymore because they advanced themselves through Nagelsmith, and then Nagelsmith left to join Bayern Munich. I think for Jesse, it's a, it's a fresh start. But he knows that his back is to the wall. And even if Leeds does get relegated to the championship, I think it's up to Jesse to say, you know what? I will stay here. If, if Leeds gets relegated to the championship league, I think it's up to Jesse to say, listen, you hired me for a reason. This, you know, I'm trying to keep you guys up in the Premier League. And if it didn't work, please let me stay so I can get us back in there. And if he can do that, then he will be a hero to the lead supporters, like what Marcelo Bielsa was to the lead supporters. And I am not throwing away anything that Marcelo Bielsa did for leads. I'm not. That man knows what he does that man is a genius. That man is a true football coach. 
But as we all know, as we all know, even in football, even the best of the best outsmarts themselves. Whether it be a club side or the national team side. The truth is, the best of the best does get outsmarted every once in a while. Even someone like Bruce Arena, as much as I respect the man, and as much as he deserves all of our respect, Bruce Arena who came back for the national team after Jurgen Klinsmann failed in the final round of World Cup qualifying. The truth of the matter is this. Arena, as great as he is, he had to put his foot in his mouth when he was talking about, I'd like to see the big boys of Europe try and come to CONCACAF to try World Cup qualifying through all of the stuff we have to handle. That's, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing to do and the wrong time to do it. Because to the eyes and ears of those players, who was probably a B or C squad down in Trinidad and Tobago, they took that as a challenge. They took that as a challenge and they believed that they were being insulted. And that's why we lost that last qualifier down in Trinidad and Tobago. We've never had an American side showing disrespect to the opponents. And we cannot allow that to happen again. Thank God we got these young, talented players. Thank God we got these young, talented Americans plying their trade in Europe. But once again, once again, the point is, We cannot show any opponent disrespect ever again. That is what we got to do. Do not show any disrespect whatsoever because it's all it's going to happen again. We didn't lose not qualifying for the World Cup because teams were better than us, even though that was part of it. The point is that we lost because we lost our belief and assumed we were going to walk in there without any problems. That, my friends, is the reason why arrogance destroys competent minds. And that's why that can, this can never happen again at all.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, time for the Red Bull segment. MLS back. MLS is back. It is a wonderful thing to see MLS returning. The season is underway. And the New York Red Bulls starting off with a 3-1 victory over at PayPal Park in San Jose, California to defeat the Earthquakes. What a match that was for them. All starting in first half stoppage time with goals from Patrick Lamala, Omir Fernandez, Tom Barlow, and second half stoppage time. Let me just say this. I, I, I have to say this first. Watching the match and watching what the Quakes were doing for the first time ever without Chris Wondolowski. This is a season where I think they're going to have some trouble and they may not have an identity to begin their season. Obviously, Mateus Almeida, we'll see what happens with him. Who knows if he's going to resign or he's going to move on and return to Mexico or South America to manage. But definitely, I thought the Quakes did well possession-wise. But with chances, I, I mean, you have to admit, chances showed that the Red Bulls had the better of the chances. Now, of course, the link-up play at times or the final third was failing for them. Let me just say this. I truly believe I truly believe that the Red Bulls were the better of the two. So all I can say is All I can say is, is this. Off to a very good start right now. They look strong. They look good. They look strong. And you know what? It's really going to be pretty darn good. if this season is going to be showing itself to be a major improvement after, after they can show that they can win, not just consistently, but to do so scoring multiple goals in a game. 
That's what it is. Because if they can score multiple goals in a game and be strong about it, we're still going to get those scrappy games. We're still going to get those scrappy games. You know, you're still going to get one of those one-goal games, scoring only one goal, and everything else. But one thing is for sure. One thing is definitely for sure. We need this team to improve match in, match out. They really got to go out and do it. Match in and match out. We cannot have a lull in this situation. So all I can say is is this. Time to go out and, you know, basically prove everything from, you know, for Gerhard Struger that you have improved. But let me also say this. Let me also say this. I think it's a lot of fun, and we could have ourselves an improved season. Now, I still think they're still young. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not this year. This could be the year the Red Bulls may not make the playoffs. So we've got to take it one game at a time. We have to take this whole situation one game at a time. That's all you got to say. Because right now, this, this situation here for the Red Bulls, we got to see them improve. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm not saying we cannot stick with young players. We need a solid mix of young players and veteran players here. We need a mix of solid veterans and good young players to really prove that this team is not just a team that's going to be young all the time. I say Christian Caceres Jr., is going to have another great year, but we need to see what's going to happen. And now we're going to need some very big help when this Brazilian 
designated player comes in and does magical things once he gets over here and his visa is approved. Get to the goals. Lewis Morgan, Scottish midfielder, going down the near side in first half stoppage time. Nice cross to the middle to Patrick Klamala. And all Klamala has to do is just tap it, roof it, top shelf it, 1-0 inside first half stoppage time. Everything looked great. Red Bull still attacking. Red Bull still with chances. But there was an equalizer that was allowed. Chofis on a flick header. Carlos Cornell could, do, could not do anything with it. And he makes it 1-1. But then here comes Omir Fernandez. And I think we're going to really, really need... We're really going to need this important player to go out and show that he can go out and bag in some goals. He has to continue to improve. Omir Fernandez, got to keep on going. Got to find a way. And all we can do right now is hope. Hope that he is going to bag in at least I'm not going to put a total, at least maybe 10 goals. You know, that's maybe a little too much, but that's my hope. Great pass from Frankie Amaya to find Omir Fernandez. And all Omir does is get to the net. Five holes. J.T. Marcinkowski. Marcinkowski just... Did not play that ball correctly. Gets nutmegged. Gets his first of the season. Omir Fernandez to make it 2-1 to bring the lead back. And then, of course, Caden Clark with a nice slot pass right into the feet of Tom Barlow. And Tom Barlow, cool as a cucumber. Bangs it home. Inside second half stoppage time to make it 3-1, and that's all the Red Bulls needed. Excellent start to the season. Excellent start for the Red Bulls. And for the first time since the Inter-Miami road win last year, They have scored multiple goals. Three one victory for the Red Bulls. And they looked great. They looked fantastic. So now 
We have to worry about the next match, which will be on the road in Toronto, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, this coming Saturday. We'll have to wait and see what the situation will be. But as of right now, as of right now, we'll have to wait and see what the situation will be going forward. And that's all about that. Now, I have to say, that the one disappointing thing even though it's a great it's a great victory it's a great victory and that is this As everyone knows, Kevin Selwell is no longer director of sport. He has moved on back to England to take on the uh, director of sport job with Everton. And it's just been difficult. Difficult to go out and, you know, look for a positive thing here. For only two years, all you can say is is that he didn't do enough, in my opinion. He did not do enough, in my opinion, to go out And do a proper job. What did he do? Caden Clark? Okay, fine. Brings up Daniel Edelman? Fine. He fired Chris Armas. Brought over... You know, fired Chris Armas. uh, Gave Bradley Carnell the... uh, you know, the interim manager position brought over Gerhard Struber. Brings in that Brazilian DP who hasn't really officially been uh, cleared to uh, perform in MLS yet. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, really. I just I, 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 I just I just don't think you can thank him. 
I think Kevin Falwell just wanted to go back to England and prove that he wants to do it again in England. He did it for Wolverhampton. Now he wants to do it for Everton. That's all he wants to do. That's all he really probably wanted to do anyway. And now, of course, uh, New York Rebels add Watford striker Ashley Fletcher. Waiting for his P1 visa and international transfer certificate. And he'll be on loan for a couple of months till the summer. But hopefully for the Red Bulls, maybe he'll like it so much. That maybe he wants to stay. And hopefully he'll remain here and we'll see what happens. And we'll have a strike tan, striker tandem partner with Patrick Lamala. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully he'll stay and we'll see what happens. But other than that, it's fantastic. And once again, good start to the season for the Red Bulls. They have a 3-1 victory over the San Jose Earthquakes. Now they come back to the East Coast. They head over to Canada to take on Toronto FC. We'll wait and see what happens then. But it should be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. So I want to thank my guests tonight. I want to thank Boston Brazel for joining me tonight. I want to thank all of you for listening tonight. And once again, do not crap all over Russian people. It's not their fault. Support Ukraine against what has happened. This is all on Putin. This is not on the Russian people. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now.